0: CSN, the Christian Satellite Network. CSN
1: International presents To Every Man an Answer... The live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you.
2: If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-8888-ASK-CSN.
3: Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler.
1: Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We want to once again... Uh, Let you know we're here every weekday afternoon live radio uh, to answer your questions, whatever they may be, concerning a Christian worldview, whether it's reading your Bible and coming across something you don't understand, going to church and hearing something, you wonder if it's even in the Bible at all. Uh, That's why we're here for you, for about an hour, live radio, and again, that number, you can be part of the program today, 8888-ASK-CSN, and uh, we'll do our very best to get to your question and uh, prayerfully, we'll have uh, some of the people from yesterday we left on the line call us back today because, again, uh, we like to get to every person that we can. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker here in the Morning Times, we have with us Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome.
3: Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there. Great to be with you once again. I've had a little bit of a hiatus, and I thank all the folks out there listening for their prayers. Uh, in a little little thing called cancer, and now I'm uh, back in the saddle again. That my treatments are going splendid and fantastic, uh, and uh, so I appreciate the many prayers out there that so many had sent me in my absence. And it's good to be back with you. And looking forward to this program with all the things that are happening in these last days. It is a great time to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Invite your family and friends to church, my my dear brothers and sisters. Get them saved. Let's get them all saved in, in the Lord, and let's go for God. Mike, good to be with you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, just amazing. Since we were back on the air together, you know, Darrell, how how much the world changes and how fast
2: it changes. Oh boy.
1: You know, we, we look right now. We've got about—these uh, are the latest numbers coming in on our newswire here. 1,300 Israelis dead. More than a hundred plus kidnapped people, mostly women and children, and um, we have uh, about twenty plus Americans that have been killed and kidnapped as well. Um, it uh, ground attacks have numbered uh, fifteen hundred terrorists. Tomorrow uh, they're calling for global jihad. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. now what does that mean? That means every true uh, Muslim, Hamas follower, uh, wage war tomorrow, anywhere in the world. So prayerfully, we won't have any attacks here in America. However, it's so saddening to see on our college campuses we have people supporting the butchers. You know, yes. uh, and, and you know, it's funny. They go, well, um, uh, you know, they're occupying this land. Well, first of all, let, let's see, again, This is this is what's so rotten about the American school system. If you're a teacher here you know you're told to tell them what to think not how to think let me just explain in 1947 when the united nations made the proclamation and then in 1948 the state of israel actually became a state it was in the land in the area known as palestine this this is where the palestinians get their name. But here's what our American news media and our schools and our colleges are not telling people. Nobody gave one particular group the right to call themselves Palestinians. Because when the United Nations made that proclamation, there were American Palestinians, there were Chinese Palestinians, there were Jewish Palestinians and Arab Palestinians Anybody living in that area was considered a a, a person that lived in the land of Palestine. Now, number two, Palestinians are not a group or a race of, I shouldn't say this, they're not a race of people. The Jews are. We have a very clear what the Bible's all about, the descendants of Abraham, etc. Palestinians aren't a race of people. They were just people living in the area And years ago, Yasser Arafat was the head of the PLO. And he was speaking on behalf of the Palestinians. Well, first of all, no one gave him the right to be the spokesman for all the Palestinians because not everybody that's a Palestinian is Arab. It was anybody living in the area when it became a state, a Jewish state in 1948. Now, you don't hear this in the news, you hear that Palestinians are like Jews or or Chinese or something. No, no, no. They're just people that were living in an area when it became a state. And like I say, no one gave this group that is bombing Israel the right to say they were the only Palestinians. Again, remember, there were Jewish Palestinians living in the area as well. And so this is cleverly hid And then you hear a lot about the occupied territories, whether it be Gaza or the West Bank. First of all, let's examine that again. Not what to think, but how to think. You see, in the Six-Day War, when the Arab coalition did a war against Israel, very much like we saw last weekend, they fought Israel and Israel whooped them big time. And honestly... In the, in the charter of war, the conquering nation takes your property. So really, Jordan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, those neighboring countries, all really, as of 1967, belong to Israel. So when you hear the word occupied territory, this is a, this is a crazy spin on truth. When you fight, when you attack somebody, like they did, and you lose, you lose land. You might lose your whole country, and it was out of Israel's goodness of their heart that they let Jordan remain, that they let Syria remain, that they let Egypt remain. And even, again, when we look at all of this, but they kept those areas that were vital and necessary for Israel's survival. So the West Bank, which they lost in the which uh, which the Arabs lost in the war, the Golan Heights, the Gaza Strip, all those areas became Israel. It's not occupied territory. Please go back and please you colleges of America, where you have these loons out there rioting in your in your in your courtyards. Why don't you really start teaching history instead of what to think? Because you're not telling the truth. No one gave the Palestinian group today the right to be called the only Palestinians. There were Jewish Palestinians. There were all kinds of people living in the area. First, we want to establish that. Second of all, when you get into a war and you lose, when you start a war and you lose, you lose your land. So they're fully... I, don't, I never look at the, the West Bank as being occupied territory or the Gaza Strip. They own all of it, friends. They beat Egypt. They beat Jordan. They beat all those Arab nations. All of that really should be Israel right now. But Israel gave it back. Now, they gave the... And, and you keep hearing this. Land for peace. First of all, Israel said these exact words. Every time we give them land, they set up rocket bases in those land and we move our enemy even closer. This is exactly what's happening right now in the Gaza Strip and up in in northern Israel on the Golan Heights. Now, again, the Golan Heights, northern Israel, perfect place to lob rockets down on the farmers below in the land of Israel. That's why they kept it. And there's a reason why. They won it in a war that the Arabs lost. So why don't you start teaching real history, colleges? It seems like there's a real disconnect. And for our four really far out there uh, representatives, AOC, Talib, these other ones that are there, listen, you don't understand your own history. Because if you did, and you're parading that Palestinian flag right now out in front of your office there in Washington, D.C., no one gave you (laughs) Yasser Arafat years ago or anybody else to say who's a Palestinian and who's not. It's who lived in the area when Israel became a state, and there were just as many Jews as there was anybody else. See, This you don't hear in your colleges, but those are the facts. And the problem is today, we don't care about the facts. Well, I certainly believe that Israel is not going to tolerate Gaza Strip anymore. I think that's over with. I shared this with you all on Monday that you can have a bucket of fiberglass resin in your garage for 20 years and it won't get hard until you put the catalyst in, the hardener in. And then in a matter of hours, that gallon of liquid goo becomes a chunk of plastic, hard plastic. I believe what we're seeing today in the Middle East is the catalyst, the catalyst. I don't know if this is going to lead to the Ezekiel 38-39 war. I believe it will. I believe this is the catalyst that really is going to set into motion the end-day scenario. Russia is already threatening the United States not to intervene in Israel. Two weeks ago, he was bragging about his Satan-2 missiles. You can look all this up on the internet. Type in Putin-Satan-2 missile speech. It'll curl your fingernails, friends. These guys, if they take America out, the rest of the world is theirs. And America is so internally weak, We have no real leadership in our country. You don't have to watch. How many speeches have we all seen our president make? And in almost every speech he makes, there's a blaring, just a blatant lie. I taught in a college for four years, never been there. See, these are the problems. And when he says, well, we got your back, Israel, is this another lie? Now, I appreciate the aircraft carriers that we sent over there in the Mediterranean Ocean. That's really great. That's good. But the thing is, how long will it last? And see, these are the problems that we have. And I think Israel, as they said, we are done with Hamas. They said, if a person's Hamas, they're after him. So I believe we're in some exciting times You know, the Bible says, work for the night is coming. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And of late, I would say the last week, I've been looking at the world in a much different perspective because it's almost like, it's almost like we've struck the iceberg. We're shuffling chairs on the deck of the Titanic thinking we're really doing something, when we realize that the system of the world as we know it is going down. Oh, friends, it's not the end of the world. Oh, don't let anybody tell you that. No, it's the end of man's futile efforts to govern himself. We know that there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period where God judges the world. And as I watch MSNBC, oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, these guys, they had a commercial on there. Um, Um... freedom from religion. And they were bragging about going to hell in this commercial that MSNBC aired. I'm going, we are done. And when you look and see what's really going on, friends, like I say, I pray tomorrow that the global jihad that they have called for uh, doesn't become reality anywhere and certainly not here. Your thoughts,
3: yeah, you know Mike, as we look to uh and all the listeners out there as we look to what's happening uh in our world, of course, with the nation of Israel, it's all spoken of throughout the holy scriptures. This is why we have the Word of God that is truly a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is why we must be in the Word of God, it brings us comfort, it brings us strength, it brings us conviction, it brings us understanding uh it brings us the knowledge of the lord and and it uses the Word of God through the Holy Spirit in us can be used as a powerful witnessing tool in these last days. We know our enemy is Satan. We want to take people, take the captives of Satan, and bring them to salvation in Jesus Christ. We see all these events happening right now before very eyes, uh, as we see Israel uh, struggling for its survival, you know, fighting off Hamas and Hezbollah to the north, and then you have the Iranians, and, of course, we see the Magog scenario with Russia aligned with, with uh, Iran. All these things are spoken of in the Holy Scriptures, and this creates an opportunity for us to share our faith. And I would just like to continue to encourage everyone, invite your family, invite your friends, invite that person at work that you work with, invite them to hear the Word of God, invite them to church so they hear God's Word. The Word of God will never come back void. And the Bible says, uh, my people perish for their what? Lack of knowledge. And so as we give them the knowledge of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to work on them, bring them to salvation. What we're seeing in the Middle East has already been told to us time and time again from the Holy Scriptures. God is at work. God knows his people. He knows that Israel is the apple of his eye, his precious uh, chosen ones. And God is dealing with them also to bring them to his His glorious uh, salvation, which is through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And many eyes are being opened. They're praying. They're seeking for God. And it's interesting that this invasion on the 8th, uh, it was not only on the Shabbat, which was the Sabbath for the Jews, but also that uh, celebration of the Torah, as uh, known as the joy of the Torah. There was a holiday uh on that Saturday, and uh, it's interesting that that's when the attack took place, and now we have uh, the carnage that we have today. We're seeing light against darkness, we're seeing evil against goodness, and and this blood thirstiness, which is absolutely horrid. I was just reading about... Uh, from Amir Sarfati's uh, uh, tel- telegram site, that uh, you know, talking about twenty kids were handcuffed together, killed, and then they are piled up in, in in a pile, and then and then burned. And he says another Holocaust of Jews, you know, being killed once again. And this is what we see. This is the great evil that's out there in this Hamas, in this uh, ISIS, in this Al Qaeda, in and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, and so forth. All these things are taking place right before our very eyes, because the Bible talks about all these things. And so what do we do? We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We'll do what we can to help uh the Jewish people because uh, God says, I'll bless those that bless Abraham. I'll curse those that curse uh, the lineage of Abraham and so forth. And so we're going to do our very best to be involved with the Jewish people and reaching them for Christ and also supporting them and supporting Israel. And thank goodness, Mike, uh, I will say I got to give a little bit of credit at least our, our president and the uh, ambassador have given a couple of good speeches in support of Israel. And like you said, and I believe too, hopefully, hopefully it will last. These are not just hot air words. Uh, I think we have to keep an eye, keep an eye on Russia, keep an eye on Iran because they're very, they're very, uh, entrenched in Syria. And, and then what could happen from the, from, uh, Lebanon and Syria right now with Hezbollah and the, the many missiles that they have. Uh, stored over there, and uh, this could fall into that, bl- blow into that full scale war uh, that is spoken of in Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, and, uh, and folks, just put on your seatbelt, be ready for the ride. The Lord's coming soon. Let's take as many people with us as possible. Mike.
1: Amen. Amen. And again, everybody, be, just be aware. Tomorrow, uh, they have announced the uh, Islamists have announced the Day of Jihad. Sparks warnings for Americans to stay inside. That is from Newsweek News. Hope that helps. Let's go to the phones. We got a lot going on here. Let's go to Yashi and Lake Havasu. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, how may we help?
2: Hi, so I am just wondering um, if this what's transpired over in the Middle East, if this is the Ezekiel 38 war.
1: Well, Ezekiel 38 war is interesting because it says as this this coalition attacks Israel, it says Russia, Ethiopia, Libya, the states around the Balkan Sea. Um, uh, it, it mentions the area of Turkey, of course, Persia, which is Iran and Iraq and part of Afghanistan. These are the old names for those areas. Um, uh, it says that they come like a storm. Now, here's what may... This may be what what happens. Everybody feels that Israel uh, is justified to do what they're doing right now in the Gaza. However, uh, they Israel said they do not want the Gaza to become a launching pad for more rockets into Israel that they've had to put up with, not just Sunday, but they've been putting up with this for 25 years. So the thing is, they said, we're done with it. So it may very well be, that the Gaza may be homogenized back into Israel again. Many people believe this, thus eliminating this staging ground for uh, these terrorists to work out of. However, that might anger uh, the world. And this may be the very thing that causes a coalition of Arab neighbors accompanied with Russia's military might to come down against Israel. Now, the Bible clearly says In Ezekiel chapter 38, it will be in the last days, the land of the unwalled villages. And we know just up to a couple hundred years ago, a city's strength was in its walls. But now with modern warfare, walls are not a a, a deterrent. They're actually uh, bad because you can't flee. So there's a lot of things that are going on there, but it says clearly they come to take a spoil. Now it's interesting, they just released this story uh, about a few hours ago that the relationship between Russia and Finland now is so deteriorated that Finland feels that they may be invaded very soon. Now, again, when we look at this, we hear of wars, rumors of wars. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24 would be the sign of his coming. So whether we're going to be here as as the church to witness the 38-39 war or whether we're witnessing now the setup, the catalyst for the Ezekiel 38-39 war. But I believe everything is transcended from what it was last week to what it is today. And I don't see this reversing because, again, Israel is also being shelled from the north, from Hamas, or excuse me, from Hezbollah uh, as well, so they're really, and then also, Jordan, they're going on three fronts right now. So uh, where this is going to go, you know, Daryl, your thoughts? Well, you know, we just have wait and
3: see. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, how, how how far will this escalate? Or, you know, and so many times we've seen things escalate and then cool down and from the 67, 60-day war to uh, the 73 war. Uh, and then, uh, the other times where there's been these incursions of, uh, of these missiles coming into Israel from Gaza. It's amazing they've put up with it for this long. And then, of course, what's going on in Lebanon and Syria. So it's, it's a wait and see. It's, uh, we can't say definitively this is, this is Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, but uh, one thing we do know is God is going to have his great intervention in that Ezekiel War of 38 and 39. God will will intervene for Israel, and he's going to take them out. The Bible says there's going to be a, a great earthquake in the region, uh, as well as uh, fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. There could be a volcanic activity that will take place with that great earthquake, and the armies are going to be destroyed. But they're going to be destroyed in such a way, the invading armies that is into the northern region of Israel, they're going to be destroyed in such a way that There'll be certain individuals that have a special uh have special markers for all the bodies uh which could be a some kind of a chemical exchange biochemical warfare and so forth so that could happen could be the radiation could be a nuclear blast. we're not sure, but there is this this special uh intention of if found in God's word that they'll be marking the bodies and then, of course burning the weaponry for seven years. Now, I don't know if we have that much of a buildup. There could be, but I don't think there's that great of a buildup yet of the massive armies coming in as of yet with all their military might. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, another opportunity could be when the rapture hits. The rapture hits, the world will be in chaos. Now's their opportunity to invade Israel, right? Uh, because the United States and everyone, it's just going to create such chaotic uh, situation. But we don't know. We're not really told. It just says it's going to be in the last days. We know that much. And truly, we are in the last days because Israel is a great sign that we're in the last days. As Mike shared so well, uh, they became a nation in 1948, May 14th. And we see them get Jerusalem in 1967. And here they are struggling for their survival. As God says, they'll be persecuted. And they're still being persecuted today,
1: Mike. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how far this is going to escalate, we don't know. Uh, the leader of Iran-backed Shiite militia Khatib Hezbollah in Iraq threatened uh, um, on Wednesday to retaliate against American bases if the United States intervenes in the war between Hamas and Israel, uh, as reported in the in, in the, reported by Times of Israel. They said these exact words: "Our rockets, drones, and special forces are ready to attack the American enemy and its bases, and to disrupt all of its interests if it intervenes in this war." Declared Ahmad uh, 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 Hussein, um, the leader of the Hezbollah. So I'll tell you, I I don't know. This this uh, this has the The right smackings of of something and and America's already involved. So, I mean, how far are they going to do? Now, remember, everyone, America's not mentioned in in global prophecy uh, at the end times. So, does Russia do a surprise attack on us like Putin threatened he would do last week with his Satan-2 missiles? Everybody needs to look this up. Don't take my word for it. Putin's speech on his Satan-2 missiles of total destruction, speaking about us, okay? Well, we've got the Iron Dome. Yeah, you have an Iron Dome that will shoot down so many incoming missiles. He's talking about launching thousands of them that we have no defense. It doesn't matter about the ones that are shot down by the Iron Dome. It's the ones that get through or the ones that should concern us. We're in a time different than any other time. I believe it's not a time of retreat. I believe it's a time of advancing the kingdom of heaven. And people right now, everywhere, are going, what's the truth? What's going on? And I believe, again, this is our great opportunity to point them to Jesus Christ, saying, here is truth. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we need right now. That's what we need in our reporting That's what we need in our schools. That's what we need in our government. But there's very little truth. It's all propaganda. And there's a reason for it. Again, we have to be wise as serpents, the Bible says, harmless as doves. I hope that answers it for you, Essie. Yes, it does.
2: Thank you.
1: Stay on line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke. I think you'll enjoy that. Little book, Time to Grow, great for evangelism. Share it with your friends. We are coming up on the break, and then when we come back, we're going to go through a lot of phone calls. So we're looking forward to that. We'll be back for more right after this.
4: Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's Metashare. Maybe you've heard switching to Metashare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for Metashare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. Metashare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91 Bible. That's 855-91 Bible. 855-91 Bible.
0: Are you ready to study to show yourself approved, a workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy, so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today, and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free, and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life.
1: I want to welcome you back to part two of To Every Minute Answer here on this Thursday afternoon, and we're so glad that we have Daryl Skinner back with us, Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, uh, and uh, again, uh, Daryl, I'm so glad you're feeling better. We're still praying for your, your complete recovery, and uh, uh, again, well, since we were together, I can't believe how much the world's changed, but... but Oh you know. my goodness, yeah, there's so much going on,
3: especially since uh, October 8th and this uh, bloodthirsty invasion of Hamas and now what's going on throughout our world and, uh, Israel's response. And uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting and fascinating conversation. It's a prophetic con- conversation that we're having. It's uh, God's word. This is so alive for us in these last days. And that's why I'm just, uh, as we see these things, we pray again, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the Jewish people and, uh, make sure that we could, uh, Share our faith with so many because our faith is full of facts and facts come from the word of God, the prophecies of our Lord Jesus Christ, Matthew 24 and Luke 21, Luke 17 and so forth, the whole book of Revelation. Uh, we know that we're on the precipice of the great tribulation. It's coming very soon. The rapture is coming very soon, Mike, as you, we, we both know. And these are, these are times of God's, uh, outpouring of His spirit for the salvation of souls. So folks, let's take advantage of this, this moment and let's share our faith with people, and let's get them uh, to the cross of Christ so they can be saved in Jesus'
1: name. Amen. Amen. Back to the phones. We go. We have Jim on the line, Burnswick, Georgia. Hi, welcome.
2: Hi. Thank you guys for taking my call. I I love you guys so much. I learned so much. Uh, My question is, uh, I wanted to know what the, the Catholic faith is about.
1: Well, again, uh, they have supplanted, really, Jesus as being uh, the only Savior. They state that you can pray to Mary or Jesus. Mary's a co-redemptress. However, the Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. Uh, we find the, um, uh, the departure from, um, if we confess our sins, as it says in First John chapter 1, confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But no, you don't do that. You have to go to a priest instead. Well, the Bible says Jesus Christ is our high priest. And so to go in a little booth, call a confessional, and, and uh, spill your guts of all, all the things you've done is, uh, I'm not saying it isn't nice sometimes to have somebody to talk to. Don't misunderstand me here. But I'm saying that the priest cannot forgive your sins. This is an exclusive right of Jesus Christ. They misinterpret a verse in the Bible that says, "Whose sins you remit are remitted; whose ever sins are forgiven, uh, ever sins you forgive are forgiven." They're saying, "Oh, that's speaking of us. This is our power." No, no. When you look at it, we are ambassadors of the Most High, and I can tell anybody right now: if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. I can say that. You, as a believer in Christ Jesus, can say that as well. And we can also say, if you reject Jesus Christ, your sins remain, and those will damn you to hell. Now, I can say that, not because I said it, but because my Lord said it, and we are his representatives, we are his ambassadors. But that's not what the Catholic Church says. They believe that the power of what they do is through their hierarchy. The Pope is God's vicar on earth. In other words, that the Pope has the right to change Scripture. And so we're seeing right now a change in the Catholic stand on gay marriage, uh, now believing that it's going to be acceptable. Well, God never changes. The Bible says he doesn't change. Your
3: thoughts? Well, another aspect of where they call the Pope Holy Father and there's only yeah. one Father that is holy. Jesus said, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be Thy name." Only the Father in heaven is holy, uh, and they have this uh, this idea of, uh, in a sense, of replacing the Father with with a man. And uh, Peter himself was never a pope. Uh, he called, refers to himself in First Peter chapter five as a fellow elder. Uh, he never gave himself the title of being a pope, uh, Pontifex Maximus, supreme pontiff. Uh, That never came from Peter's lips. As Mike shared also, Jesus says, you must pray in my name. If you ask anything in my name, not he nor the apostles ever said, uh, pray in the name of Mary or pray to Mary. There's also these Marian apparitions that are taking place, they say, across the world, from Fatima to Medjugorje and other places, and millions of Catholics go there to worship Mary. Mary is not to be worshiped. She knew that Jesus who was in her womb in Luke chapter one was called the Magnificate of Mary. She knew that Jesus was her savior. She said, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. Jesus is God who is in her womb. He is uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit. He is Emmanuel, God with us. As the angel told uh, Joseph and Mary, this will be his title, Emmanuel, God with us. And she knew exactly who Jesus was. And she has never presented herself as a savior, no one, nor one to pray to, nor one to receive messages from, which this is these apparitions that are taking place. Another false doctrine in Roman Catholicism is the doctrine of purgatory, where people have a second chance after you die. Well, it says in the book of Hebrews, that once you die, then comes the judgment. There are no second chances. You don't go to purgatory, serve time for, for, you know, several hundred years, and uh, your relatives might be praying for you, lighting candles for you, and, and hopefully you're gonna get out of purgatory and make your way to heaven. No, you don't earn your way to heaven. Nobody can pray you out of, uh, out of purgatory. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, as Peter said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. He is the Savior. He's the only one that can save us. And these are some of the false teachings of the Roman Catholic Church, and they also create a, kind of an earn-your-way-to-heaven idea of salvation instead of just salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ and His blood atonement. So uh, hopefully that helps you out, my friend. Mike? Hope that helps.
2: Yeah. I just—the uh, reason I asked. I've been trying to witness to the, a girl in the Philippines online, and she's Catholic, and I've not just tried to witness. I've laid it all out, the, the prayer, everything, to accept Christ, Confess your sins, accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior and she just she doesn't reply to anything about God. She just she just will not and uh I don't know uh but I, that's the way I thought it was. Um, and one other quick thing if I may, I'm I know in second Timothy one seven it says, uh, God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know how to say this except to just say it, but I, I just it's as if I don't have my sound mind, <laughs> and I don't worry about where the Scripture says He'll give you over to a depraved mind, because I'm, I'm still, you know, in my Bible, not every day, but I've got all these different books to read. The Harbinger, the Harbinger 2 is on the way. Uh, right. But my mind has just changed some kind of way, and it, it it's frightening. Uh, it, well, well, the
1: Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That tells me that that isn't something that we do once, but it's something we need to do all the time. We are constantly absorbing things from around us. And to me, that's very concerning because we absorb a lot of bad stuff too. And I need God's Word to help me sort through what is acceptable to God and what isn't. So I would say really to answer your question here, you need to spend more time reading what God says. And I would advise you to read, just start reading the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament, start in chapter three. And just see how Jesus responded to people, how he filtered out the fluff and got to the core of what's going on. And that will help you because your mind needs to be renewed. You just said that you don't feel like yourself. Well, I believe anybody can fall into this without really maintaining our 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 God given brain and all the other things God gives us um, through His Word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. Okay, that's going to help a lot as well.
2: Thank you so much. God bless you guys.
1: Love you too, and stay Thank on the guys. line, and we'll 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 get that out to you. And uh, let's go to Stephen in Arizona. Hi, welcome.
5: Hi, thanks for letting me uh, call in and ask you guys a question. So, my question is in regards to Exodus between God, Moses, and the Pharaoh, and it it, it, it only it mostly is about the way that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I know that Pharaoh had many opportunities to get in line and do what God was saying to release his people, but I just, part of me wonders if when God came in, hardened Pharaoh's heart and basically submitted him in this path of not giving in, did that not um, break that promise of free will that God gives us?
1: No, not at all, Stephen, because we have to understand what does the Bible say? We go back to this. What did God ever do to Pharaoh. What did he ever do to Pharaoh? He showed him miracle after miracle called the plagues. And that, number one, he believed, Pharaoh believed, the Egyptian people believed that Pharaoh was God. He believed he was God. Who this God is of yours, I don't know, he told Moses. Well, God showed him who he was. The more miracles that moses and aaron did god did through the hands of moses and aaron the harder pharaoh's heart got so when the bible says god hardened pharaoh's heart it was pharaoh's reaction to the miracles that he did now remember this in the new testament the more miracles jesus did the harder the pharisees hearts got it wasn't that god was saying okay i'm gonna make you hard No, God did things and their reaction to it is where the hardness of heart came. Yes, God, and this is where it comes from, God supplied the vehicle, the miracles. But it was their reaction. So did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, in that if God had never showed him any miracles, he would have never been challenged. On the other hand, because God showed him the miracles... And Pharaoh, believing that he was God, wouldn't capitulate to the true and living God and suffered destruction. And really, Egypt never rose to world prominence ever again. So, your thoughts? You know, there's a beautiful passage of
3: Scripture talking about the heart of God. It says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance you have to come to repentance, from unbelief to belief, from turning from a sinful lifestyle to a lifestyle that now follow after the image of God, which he first created us. That's called being born again of the Holy Spirit. In the time of Pharaoh, as Mike just so aptly shared with us, his heart became hardened on his own endeavors by rejecting, by not repenting and believing in the God of Israel, Yahweh. And thus his heart became hardened. After each miracle, each plague that was performed, you have to remember these plagues. Many times were were in regards to the gods of Egypt, and so God was saying, oh, you, "You want to worship this? I'm going to do this. You want to worship that? I'm going to do that." And and all of a sudden, you know, the the, the that which they worship became plagues to the people of of Egypt. And of course, who's protected? The God who watches over His chosen people, Israel, at that time. And so this was the hardening. of He hardened his own heart. God just became uh, the one who provided the vehicle for this revelation to be fully known after 10 plagues. And then, of course, then he tries to defeat the children of Israel by chasing them down, and God consumes them in the Red Sea. So the heart of God is always that he's not willing that any should perish, but all will come to repentance. And he's surely going to protect his own people. He's going to take care of them. God gave his all for us. He gave His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, who is God, the Son, went to the cross and died a bloody death for those He created. And that's the great love story that we have given to us by God and by His Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mike?
5: Amen. Hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely it does. That's actually a fantastic explanation that really changed how I viewed that uh, passage. Thank you. Yes, and also it,
1: it will help you when you look at Jesus. The more miracles Jesus did the more jealous, the more hard-hearted they got. So did did Jesus harden the Pharisees' heart? Well, yeah, in a way, because if he hadn't have been there, uh, they wouldn't have been challenged. But really, it's ultimately their choice of how they react. The old saying, the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. And people sometimes say, oh, if my uncle or aunt could just see a miracle, they'd believe in God. Not necessarily so. It didn't work for the Pharisees. It didn't work for um, a pharaoh either. Hope that helps. Stephen, stay in line. We'll send you out the movie. Jesus, a little book called Time to Grow. Let's go to Caleb Portales, New Mexico. Hi and welcome.
5: Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. God is good. Uh, my my question is uh, in regards to 1 John 5. I am honestly, I'm completely lost. So I'll read it, and then I will give you my my question. It says uh, in First John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. Praise God. Now, this is kind of where my question comes in. If any man sees his brother's sin as sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Mm-hmm. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. So my question is, what is the sin that leadeth unto death, and what is the sin that does not lead to death? And in conjunction with these two principles— uh, how does repentance play a part in any of this?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great great question and it is balanced. Your answer is found in the book of Jude. Read the entire chapter. The book of Jude talks about how God willingly saved all the people out of the land of Egypt, his, his chosen people, but let them die in the wilderness because of their disbelief. Jesus himself said in, in Revelation chapter 3 if they would repent, He says, I will not blot your name out of the book of life. Your name had to be in the book of life in order to get blotted out. We find it again in Revelation chapter 22. We find it again in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 24, the last five verses. Then that servant says in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. He eats and drinks with the... He says, my Lord delays his coming. My Lord delays his coming. He eats and drinks with the drunken, beats his fellow man. He's a violent drunk. The Lord of that servant. Very clear. The guy is laying claim to a relationship with the Lord. The Lord is laying a relationship claim to him. He said he will be cast out. He will, he'll, 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 where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I've heard people distort the Bible so bad. Well, the weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's not hell. Yes, it is. And anybody that tells you that as not that's not hell is twisting the scripture to fit their own belief. Nashing the weeping, yes, they missed uh, they missed eternity with God. Gnashing your teeth. Well, if you watch uh, television probably tonight, you'll see people in the Middle East doing that. It's the same thing of putting a particular finger out at somebody that cuts you off on the freeway. Gnashing your teeth is a visual sign of hatred. Hatred towards God. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. It isn't, oh, I'm in hell. Oh, it hurts so much. Ay, ay, ay. No, it's, I hate you. And they grind their teeth. And you'll watch them in the cameras, maybe tonight on these newsreels in the, in the uh, Gaza Strip. You'll see them look in the camera and they'll grind their teeth. That's saying, I hate you and I want you destroyed. Well, that's what Jesus said is going where these people are going. It is not, well, will you just lose your reward? No, no, you don't make it. And there's a couple of people in the Bible that are cited like this. Not only do we have the book of Jude, and that's what it's about. Now, remember, the book of Jude, the last couple of verses, one of the verses says, now who is able to keep you from falling? Oh, we go, oh, that's great news. But in context if you read the rest of the book of jude it's only one chapter it's do you want god to keep you from falling that's the question and this is why jesus said i won't blot your name out of the book of life based on your repentance now when you read those verses caleb it's very important to understand that our our salvation is not generated by ourselves But if a person wants to reject Christ, like uh, Demas that we find in chapter, the last chapter of 2 Timothy, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. You don't say, you don't see Paul saying, so pray for Demas as he's went back into the world. You don't see that, which goes right in line with what John is saying in 1 John 5. A person that is bent on living a sinful lifestyle. John says, I don't pray for that, because they know what's right. They know. They got the Holy Spirit in them, and they are in direct rebellion to God. Well, the next question, obviously, is, what do you think heaven is? Well, man, it's just like an everlasting kegger on the back of my tailgate, on my pickup. You know what I mean? no. It's where God is worshiped. His will is done forever. You don't want to do it here on this, er- this earth. If you're grinding your teeth at God, if you want the world rather than God like Demas did, if you would rather uh, reject faith as they did in the book of Jude, um, you know what's right. person's been in that lifestyle. Um, they've got to repent. Remember the prodigal son. If the son, the younger son, would have died in the pigsty, he would still be in the pigsty. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, you know, as we look to that, uh, as Mike shared uh, about uh, salvation and walking with the Lord and serving him, I'll just add a little bit. Uh, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 31. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, is, it comes up as a question quite often in the program, is where a person is rejecting Jesus Christ to the point of death. That is truly the sin unto death, eternal death. There's two deaths. You'll have physical death, then you'll have eternal death, where a person is then cast to, uh, when, when they're ultimately they're going to be cast to the lake of fire and, and live perpetually in, in torment. And that we call that commonly hell. And so that's, that's the eternal death that takes place. But those that come to faith in Christ uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is convicting the whole world of our sin, of righteousness, of judgment to bring us to salvation in Jesus Christ. As we come to Christ, we are saved. We're born again of the Holy Spirit. We now have everlasting life. We have eternal life. We're going to be going to heaven. And this is known as the gospel of the good news. Now, there are certain other sins that we can commit where we can produce a particular death. You may be uh, not wanting to turn from alcohol and that will kill your liver and you're going to die. It could be going to do drugs and you're going to die of an overdose. We see that with fentanyl quite often today. Could be a venereal disease of some sort. You may get death. There are various things that we can do that we reap what we sow, which leads us to death. But the spiritual death is the most, uh, is the one that's going to take us out the most. And that's the one where you're not born again. You reject the Holy Spirit. We call that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, that will be that final death. And so, you know, it's important for us to realize that as we are believers now, we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We're being turned into the image of Christ. We're living for Him. We're serving Him. We're honoring Him. We're not perfect. We're not, none of us is perfect. But you know what? We get convicted and we turn from sin. We turn to the Savior. We ask Him to forgive us and He's working in us and through us until the very end. The Bible says that Jesus will complete the work in us until that glorious day. And that glorious day is when we go home to be in heaven. Whether it be by our own personal death on earth and then heading to heaven, or it's going to be through the rapture of the church, and this, this is what we call the great hope of Christ. In Jesus' name, Mike, I'll give it back to Amen. you. Amen.
1: And and so uh, again, read to to really answer your question. Read the entirety of the book of Jude. It's only one chapter long. It's the book right before Revelation, and and that will explain to you that yes, God's mercy is there. God's mercy is for every believer. But if you bend and you don't want to go to heaven, you, you want to rebel against the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that convicts a non-Christian to come into Christ, just as you just said, uh, that's the, the rejection of the Holy Spirit. Well, if a believer finds themselves in that rejection of God, they find themselves uh, loving the world as Demas did. Read, read, read uh, the last chapter of 2 uh, Timothy. Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. From the faith is what he's talking about there. So when you look at this you realize, hey, I want to take my relationship with God seriously and not just take not just take it as casual Christianity. Hope that helps, Caleb.
5: Yeah, that totally does. Um and then real quick, uh finally to I guess that that makes sense. I I, I get a lot of that. Um, but in specific, if any man sees his brother's sin a sin, which is not unto death, I kind of heard what you explained on that, mm-hmm. that makes sense, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them, that sin not unto death. Now, is that similar to where the Scripture says uh, where Jesus is our advocate pleading our case before yeah, God? Yeah,
1: I believe if you see somebody, a brother in sin or whatever, uh, we go to him and we do everything we can do prayerfully to bring them out of their sin if they're shacked up with some chick you say hey listen come and live with me until you can figure out whether you really want to marry this girl or not that that's that's what we do um that's a, but a person that says no you know i you know i you know used to sing in the choir i did all these things you know there was a a guy uh, years ago wrote a book called goodbye to god and this guy was a world evangelist he had fruit amazing and yet he rejected all of it. I think that, uh, again, where he says, let them go. They they know what's right. They know what's wrong. They made their choice. And he says, if a brother, it's not talking about a worldly person. It's talking about somebody that knew God. Never take our relationship with God lightly. We're all out of time. Caleb, stand alone. We'll get that out to you. Paul, Royce, the rest, please call us back. We'll put you on First Things. Thanks, Daryl, for being on the air today. Thank you. God bless you all. Good night. Or to receive
4: a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. Or write us to every man and answer. P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho 83303. That toll free number is 1-800-357-4226.